1: Through five games of the season, the calling card of the 49ers has been their consistency on offense, defense, and special teams. At some point, the 49ers will not play their best game. Coming off a dominating performance in Week 5 over the Dallas Cowboys, are the 49ers in danger of the dreaded letdown against the Cleveland Browns? MVP candidate Brock Purdy faces a stiff challenge going against one of the league's top defenses. While the 49ers defense should make things difficult for a Cleveland offense it could be without starting quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Browns' other two options are rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker. Randy Gregory joins the 49ers this week and could supply some outside pass rush to complement Nick Bosa on the other side. Jennifer Lee Chan and I will discuss how the 49ers seem locked in right now. And in the Ask Papa segment, we ponder whether the 49ers have any weaknesses at this point in the season. All that and much more. Coming up on this episode of 49ers Talk right now. Welcome to another edition of 49ers Talk on nbcsportsbayarea.com. Introducing your host, Matt Mayoko. This is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires, Matt Mayoko, Jennifer Lee, Chan, and we're moving on, moving on to Cleveland.
2: Many, I think have some you... people haven't have moved on yet. I think people are still reveling in the wow. joy of that beatdown of the Cowboys. You know, it's just that that storied rivalry. I think people are just basking in the glow. Obviously not in the facility, but outside the facility, fans are able to or allowed to bask in the glory of beating the Cowboys very handily.
1: Yeah, I think the 49ers should just rest all their starters, <laughs> uh, call everybody <laughs> up possible from the practice squad, and just breeze through Cleveland. And Yeah. Now, people have said that to you right
2: yeah yeah on social media I'm like no the Browns actually have a really good defense they're ranked at the top of a lot of the metrics mm-hmm. uh, they allow the least amount of yards per game the least amount of passing yards per game the least amount of first downs I mean it's not by a little bit it's by a big margin they are by you know by I can't even say the what's the what's the by term? a long
1: way but <laughs> that, by a lot,
2: <laughs> by a lot, there their margin go. is very good. I mean, Miles Garrett is no laughing matter. He is a really good defender and they've got some other players along there as well. And yeah. I think 49 are going to have a tough time. Now the offense is another story, but they're facing the 49 offense is facing a really good defense. This this Sunday.
1: Yeah, no, I think their defensive line is good. Uh, mm-hmm. As I can tell, Miles Garrett almost lines up exclusively on the defense's right side so the offense is left side so he'll be going up against Trent Williams a lot Zadarius Smith is a guy we remember him from his days with what the Packers yes
2: um,
1: and so he'll be over there against Colton McKivitts Mm -hmm. and then the the defensive backfield very good they have some good corners over there with the Browns but yeah I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be a chore though for the the Browns offense to do anything especially with uh, Deshaun Watson who finally had a good game but then he bruised his rotator cuff on his mm-hmm. throwing arm and as we're taping this I don't think he's throwing a football in like 2 weeks so right. I I don't I I have a hard time believing that the the Browns are going to be able to put a very good offense out there on the field against the 49ers but you know the, the thing with the 49ers is Yes, they. Gosh, they played so well, and clearly the game Sunday night against the the Cowboys were very good. But you know they came in and they were. I mean, Fred Warner was talking about it on Wednesday that you know they don't feel like they've played the perfect game, and you know people who are oh they're maybe they're peaking too soon. I don't think the team feels that way because there's still stuff for them that they see that needs to be tightened up and you know one of the the examples of fred warner by the way fred warner nfc defensive player of the week and now clearly rising up into the conversation of nfl defensive player of the year long way to go with that i know but he said that you know as good a game as he had there was he he hold out one play where a third down and he should have had outside leverage on a guy because he should have known whatever the route concept or what they were trying to do. He did it. And the guy ended up catching a pass on him for like 20 yards on a third down. Right. So, so it's right. little stuff like that, where I think every player can look at it and go, Oh, there was this play or these handful of plays where this could have been better or that could have been better. And I think that's where that's where I think 49er fans need to like kind of be aware as we're telling now right. that this is a group that isn't going around celebrating a 32 point win over the Cowboys. They're back at work after a victory Monday, they're back at work on Wednesday, preparing for the Browns uh, and thinking that they're not all that. So.
2: Right. Now, I mean,
1: it's just kind of the mindset of this team.
2: Which is really admirable and respectable and I think the right mindset for any NFL team in week five. Now on PFF, I always do the grades every day after the game and Fred Warner who had an outstanding game, obviously defensive player of the week, didn't have the best PFF grade because as you said, he allowed three catches on three targets for 30 yards. Now one was that, that one that went for the first down at 18 yards after catch. So While he had an exceptional game with the forced fumble and the interception and the sack and the tackles for a loss, there are things that every player I'm sure on this roster wishes they could do better or have a better chance at it or whatever it may be, which is what the mindset of the 49ers is. And I think it's been that way for a long time. But you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey, like Fred Warner, like Nick Bosa, who always look at the tape and think, okay, one play each one, there's something they could have done a little bit differently or had more effort or whatever the case may be. That's what makes a team really good. And that's part of that mindset of this roster.
1: I'm, I'm going, I'm uh, I'm saying that PFF was wrong. Cause I remember <laughs> him, he was in coverage against Brandon cooks on yeah. a pass deep, like 50 yards down the field and Brandon cooks, you know, consider one of the top speed guys in the league. Yeah. He had a couple steps on Fred Warner but he ran with him and kind of forced him to the sideline or whatever. I don't know what the Cowboys were doing on that play, but, you know, he r- ends up running out of bounds and the, the throw from Dak Prescott goes out of bounds, but are are we only counting? He's only in coverage on the passes where they caught a pass. I mean, I, 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 I yeah, anyway, but
2: don't shoot the messenger. I'm just, I'm just relaying yeah, what the report Yeah, Jennifer,
1: <laughs> what the heck, what are you doing?
2: Make the stats.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay, that's another part. Like we we have these crazy text chains at NBC Sports Bay Area, <laughs> and and I know it's been a topic of you know Brock Purdy doesn't get the credit he deserves or people are not, aren't giving him respect. And my point has been I I don't I still don't I don't see it like I. Mm-hmm. People who don't give Brock Purdy respect are just doing it so that we can talk about it. Nobody in their right mind believes that Brock Purdy is not a good quarterback at this point. That's right? right?
2: Yeah, I'm with I you. Mean,
1: I'm with I mean, I know Dan Orvlovsky said something about, you know, Mac Jones would would be good in that system, too. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure Mac Jones would be better far better in this system than he's been with the Patriots if he were here. But well, I think
2: any any quarterback with the supporting cast would be better because the 49 do have a great supporting cast. But Brock Purdy has done a really yeah. good job. And you look at what he's faced, the blitz numbers, the being under pressure and how he gets rid of the ball quickly, his decision-making, that doesn't come with – that's not every quarterback. It is Brock Purdy, and he should absolutely get credit for that.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think people are really – I, I think, I mean, like I said, the only people who are whatever critical of Brock Purdy are people who are just doing it right now
2: just to, to stir the pot,
1: to, to get on the, like, to have people talking about him, like right. who are, right. I, I need some clicks. What can I do? Oh, I'm going <laughs> to talk about how, how Steph Curry isn't a very good basketball player. Oh, that's a great idea. Or I'm going to talk about how Brock Purdy, oh, he's not that good oh my gosh i mean some of those throws he made granted a lot of those throws he made against the cowboys on sunday night like at the time i thought like oh that's a pretty good throw pretty good throw yeah guy, gotta stop oh. saying i gotta stop saying <laughs> that in relation to brock purdy anyway but then when you go back and you watch him throw it either from the sideline or not sideline but from the uh from the, the end zone angle where he's throwing the ball when nobody's open and throws it to a spot where he knows his guy's going to be, and he feathers it over the linebacker and in front of the safety. I mean, some of those throws are phenomenal and there aren't, I don't think there are very many quarterbacks in the NFL who can make those throws with that decisiveness with that timing that precision that awareness spatial awareness that's Mm -hmm. a that's a new term i like that one like he just he i I mean it's it's crazy and actually i i've looked at some of those throws and go oh my gosh could he ever repeat that and then he repeats them over and over so brock purdy now is in the mix and i think he might even be the Las Vegas favorite
2: mm-hmm. for league MVP. Yeah.
1: And when you think about it, there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't be. You know, Jeffrey he
2: hasn't we even the... played a full season yet.
1: Well, but <laughs> then you'll have, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you still want to see him do it over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, and he has up to this point, was it now 13 games, including postseason, where he's played more than half of his team snaps. And the 49ers are 13 and 0 in those games. So he, the, I was talking to uh, Brandon Ayuk about this. Like, I asked him, can you tell through the course of the week whose week it's going to be? Because sometimes it's Ayuk, sometimes it's Devo, sometimes it's Kittle. We mm-hmm. told the story in the last 49ers talk about when I saw Kyle Yuzek and he was like, "Oh, what a great practice! I caught six passes today." So that kind of led me to believe, like, "Oh, that game might be, mm-hmm. you know, the the hey. uh, the." Hey, uh, Kyle and he a
2: touchdown game. pass.
1: Yeah, but that was the week before uh-huh. he said that. Oh,
2: okay, got it.
1: But uh Ayuk said he goes, "No, he goes." There are some games he goes. The week before, he thought it was going to be Kittle's week because of how practice was going, uh-huh. and it ended up being Ayuk's week. And then last week before the Cowboys game, he thought, Oh, I think I might have a big game and he didn't have a bad game for sure, but it ended up up being Kibble's game. So he goes, even through the course of a week, you don't know who's going to be the person getting the football and making the big plays. And that's kind of been the story of their season so far Mm -hmm. in that there's a handful of playmakers and any one of them at any time can do it. And then we see Jordan Mason who had a more productive game in a very short period of time than Christian McCaffrey did, you know, in, in, you know, McCaffrey was, it was pretty clear that the Cowboys were coming after him. They didn't want him to, to ruin that game. And he didn't, he didn't ruin the game for the Cowboys, but a lot of other guys did.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh Trent Williams said after the game, he said that he's never been, well, maybe not never, but it's been a long time since he's been in a game where at 14 minutes left, they called the dogs off and had to sit on the sideline. And so he said it was a long sit having to see there, but it was fun to watch all the other guys get their time on the field and play. Uh, I think what you're saying also, I mean, you got to get, get Kyle Shanahan credit because he sees what the defense is doing and then adjusts his game plan to whoever the hot hand is. So while the players may be like the practices up to the game, maybe George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel getting a lot of the touches and a lot of the big plays, Kyle Shanahan looks at the defense and sees what they're giving him. And then he adjusts his play calling to that. He doesn't force anything. So if they're keying in on Christian McCaffrey, they're going to go out with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, or whoever the other targets are. And if it's working, they keep going with it. I mean, like that's why they kept going with George Kittle. So I think part of that is Kyle Shanahan's intelligence for what is going to work against the opposing defense.
1: And I also think it's it's part of how he builds the offense. Mm -hmm. In other words, here's the play call. And the call might not necessarily change, but the progression changes based on what defense it is. So he might Mm -hmm. he might anticipate the team is the defense is going to play this particular defense, which would make say Debo Samuel the first read. But when Brock Purdy gets to the line of scrimmage and sees that that's not the defense the play call remains the same but then maybe Brandon Ayuk becomes number 1 in the progression so that's all part of that system where you have just these built in uh kind of uh, variations of the play and it's all designed to to highlight you know, maybe a different you know if if they're playing this coverage the ball goes here if they're playing this coverage the ball goes there if they're playing this one the ball goes you know like so there's so many different Elements of that too. uh mm-hmm. Speaking of George Kittle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, have you gotten your uh, your undershirt yet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we got it.
2: But I did really enjoy researching the story behind it. Uh, so very cool of Gary Plummer to talk to me about the original time. I guess the first time that style of t-shirt was worn underneath a jersey um just a okay great well let story. me
1: let me let me i'll I'll try to tread lightly here but okay. in, in the the t-shirt that george revealed um had a very um edgy message to it uh the word starts uh with an f and it's uh give or take a four-letter word and then dallas so i think we can say it said f dallas with a, right. a star and mm-hmm. and but it didn't say f dallas it said the real words <laughs> um and so he revealed that and and certainly will be fined for that and um i didn't know what to think of it but then uh you you researched this and found out and and got in touch with gary plummer the the former 49ers linebacker
2: Right. So I was talking to George before he went to the podium. And he actually held it up and he showed me the shirt. And I was about to take a picture. He's like, No, you can't take a picture of that. I'm like, okay. He's like, No, it's it's Gary Plummer. And he actually brought out his phone and showed me the lock screen of his phone. And it's the picture of Gary Plummer pulling up his jersey, showing the shirt. So that was George Kittle's lock screen for Dallas Week. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then <laughs> went on, kind did you of, say like,
1: that oh that's interesting
2: <laughs> kind of like you know put that in the back of my head i didn't really think about it much because there's so much going on after a game right so then he went to the uh the podium we all followed him in there he spoke and kind of discussed the whole thing um but then reached out to gary Plummer. thanks for you to relay his information to me and gary told me the whole story which is such a fun <laughs> fun story about 1994 uh conference championship game against the dallas cowboys and he had the shirts made and had them delivered to the locker room at candlestick he comes out of meetings he walks up to his locker sees the boxes and john madden and pat Summerall who are calling the game are there and they've already opened up the boxes and they're like we're each taking one of these and he's like um okay kind of went about his business got a letter from the league saying if he steps one foot on the field he will be fined fifty thousand dollars for wearing the shirt and so took the league at its I guess it's a threat verbatim had the shirt on with just his white pants and it was kind of fun because you know Kyle Shanahan his favorite out you know uniform choice is the whites from 1984 so he had the white pants with the red and black stripe on and just that shirt and he's standing in the dugout ready to come out onto the field before the game and um i did talk to z and it wasn't michael zagaris's photo oh,
1: it wasn't okay but,
2: yeah but it was um taken and so he sent it to me that's the the photo on top of the article and then he wore it underneath his jersey he went back in and put his jersey on went out played the game and then as they after they won as he's coming off the field not a foot on the field but as he's going up the stairs to go into the dugout holds it up again and then that's when those those pictures taken. That picture is the one that was on George Kittle's phone.
1: Okay, so this is this a new edgy George Kittle? So I've always thought of George as a guy who is very difficult to dislike, even if you're a fan of another team. He's kind of silly. He finds that that roving camera and plays Rochambeau or he makes the silly faces. <laughs> right. But I can't imagine now. That, even, that anyone in Dallas, especially Cowboys fans, but w- would have, uh, I think they would have a different opinion of him now. So I always thought that George was one who liked to, who liked to be liked, but maybe, maybe he doesn't care if Cowboys fans like him.
2: I think he's got a little bit, obviously has a little bit more of an edge than he, when he was a rookie, he's got a lot more tattoos. He's got longer hair. Uh, I liked how Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday, you know, when he was a rookie he had his socks pulled up perfectly, He had short hair and you look at pictures from him in his rookie year, he looks completely different. I think the attitude and the effervescence and the, the love for football is always going to be the same, but he does have a little bit more sarcasm. I think he, but it's never personal. I know Micah Parsons after the game said, "or you know, on his podcast, that it was personal." It really wasn't. Um, it's you know, I think it was it, a throwback. It kind of seems history.
1: personal <laughs> whenever you say "f Dallas." That kind of seems personal. <laughs> but it
2: wasn't personal towards Micah Parsons. Well, it was, no. you it was know, personal
1: it's... toward toward the entire <laughs> metropolitan <laughs> Dallas area. <laughs>
2: But it was a throwback and a nod to oh. the history. So, I mean, okay. if you really look at it that way, it's a nod to the Fourners history and kind of connecting the past with the present, I think, but which is.
1: You you bring up something there. Yes. On the sideline before the game. Oh, my gosh. It was a who's who. Oh,
2: definitely. I mean, it was
1: you know, Jerry's there every game. Jerry Rice was there, obviously. Yes. Uh, Steve Young.
2: Uh, Bryant
1: Young no mm-hmm. relation um Frank <laughs> Gore I mean there were so many guys Jerk Vernon, this... uh, Vernon Davis Harris Barden there mm-hmm. were so many former 49ers yes. and you could tell that they're really enjoying this too mm-hmm. because I, I I mean boy this this 49ers team it's compelling and mm-hmm. it's they're they're fun to watch um that they're it's it's a compelling team i mean i've never been around a team like this five games in i mean i've covered teams that are have been five and oh but maybe not to this level of just domination and kind of keeping their eye on that that prize down the road or you know what they're not even really i mean they talk about how their goal is to to win it all Mm -hmm. and that's the motivation but it's a very business-like approach of hey they're not going to win the super bowl you know they didn't win the super bowl against the cowboys they're not going to win the super bowl against the the cleveland browns this is such a long process and the start of the playoffs is three months away Mm -hmm. and so they're just they're keeping it very much in the in the moment present um And and that's the right approach to take. And it's a very mature approach to take. And I think those old timers, maybe I shouldn't say that they would probably be upset to be called old timers, (laughs) but let's just say the former players, I think, see that and appreciate kind of the serious nature with how these current team members take their jobs.
2: Yeah, this roster and this locker room, the ego level is not what it could be. When you look at how many players have had incredible performances in this season, seasons in the past, they're all they all keep it in check. They're all very grounded. They're all very in the moment. I don't know if it's because of any particular player or if they're all wired that way. But the general mood in the locker room is that it's a grind and that yeah. they're going to go out there every day and they're going to work really hard because it's a long season. It's, it's a very veteran group. I think that's part of it. They know how long it is. And I think last year, too, the grind of the entire season, not getting that fast start, how it affected them during the playoffs. It's like they're just keeping their head down and working because they know what the end goal is. And how do you do that? You go about your business every single week.
1: I also think that maybe the way their seasons have ended three of the past four years might have had might have something to do with that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know what it's like to get really deep into the playoffs and they know that frustration of losing and then you know, losing in the NFC championship game or losing in the Super Bowl. And then what happens as soon as you lose in the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl, your record is now zero and zero for the mm-hmm. following year. And it's such a grind to get back to where they were. So that might have something to do with it as well. Okay. So, and I think, you know, this whole thing, people have asked me let down, you know, people ask you, are they going to rest their starters against the Browns? Um, I, I mean, at some point they got to have a letdown or maybe not let down, but maybe at some point they just, they got to not play their best. I think we kind of think that that'll be the case at some point where they will have a really difficult time against a team that's not as good as them and right now basically every team they play on their schedule not every team but most teams they're going to be significantly better than Mm -hmm. so uh, at some point they're going to have a letdown I don't know when it's going to be because this level of consistency is not really something that's common in the NFL
2: but what is the biggest quality of Brock Purdy consistency
1: yeah you're right and yeah
2: that is what everybody has said about him Yeah, from players to coaches to opponents he is consistent and when the leader of your team is that consistent i think it lends itself to playing more consistently throughout the season so yeah. i think that brock Purdy being the leader of the team and what his most important quality is really helps the 49 kind of stay even keel they are consistent and I think also because he hasn't gone through so many seasons he is like okay this is still I wouldn't say new to him but it's still like this is his first full season as the 49 quarterback so you know I think there's it's it's got that a little bit different element for him than it does for George Kittle, for Trent Williams, who've been around for quite some time. They have a lot of experience. I think there's still that little, you know, it's different when it's almost brand new to a player being in the league. And I think Brock Purdy has all of those qualities, which I think is great for this offense and for the team.
1: Okay. So during games, I will often tweet or whatever threads, um, what Brock Purdy's current, streak is of pass attempts without an interception and then Mm -hmm. invariably people will say what are you trying to do you're trying what are you jinxing him for and i'm like okay brock purdy i think is jinx proof and it it hasn't worked yet so i'm going to keep tweeting these numbers but the 49ers team record for most pass attempts including postseason without an interception is alex smith 317 pass attempts in a row brock Purdy is number two at 235 pass attempts in a row that's heading into the game against the cleveland browns and speaking of where the 49ers are going into this game uh elijah mitchell did not practice on wednesday he still has the knee issue his status for sunday's game very much up in the air but this is tremendous news for the 49ers because last time we spoke on 49ers talk there was some real concern that Aaron Banks might be out for the season with a biceps injury. However, it wasn't his biceps. It was his shoulder. And it was considered a mild strain and or mild sprain. I don't know if that's a tendon or a ligament or what that is, but um just a, let's just say a mild injury. And he was going to be limited at practice on Wednesday. And that is about it for the 49ers injuries. Uh, Drake Jackson. Was knocked out of the game, or I should say got the win knocked out of him at the game on Sunday. That looked a little scary for a few minutes, but he's ready to go. So um, of course, Kyle Shanahan was asked about the 40 years' lack of injuries. Uh oh, may will talk about That might more. be a jinx. <laughs> yeah, well, uh but he's I mean,
2: I've mean, yeah here's, I've here's, here's,
1: here's the one thing that i thought was interesting was that they haven't done anything differently they've always tried to kind of monitor the the injuries and kind of figure out what can be done what can't be done but i think the bottom line is injuries are they're part of the game yep. you can't predict them you can't avoid them um in some teams like the buffalo bills man they have that defense is already i mean I think their two best defensive players are out for the season with injuries so it's just something that it either happens or it doesn't or actually it does happen every team gets injured but it's almost like you know the injuries are going to happen it's just how severe are the injuries going to be and how Im- to whom and, and to whom exactly
2: I've I've always said making it to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl has a little bit of luck because it's luck on your players staying healthy, your rosters, your most important players staying healthy throughout the season. There is a little bit of luck in that because some of those, I mean, I got to say also like Emmanuel Mosley. Oh, I mean, horrible. A guy who we have enjoyed talking to as long as he was a 49ers. His first game back from ACL injury on his left knee he injures his right knee ACL injury. So um, shout out to Emmanuel Mosley. Hope he makes it through this one and heals quickly. Um, Just, I mean, like that's, those things are a little bit of luck. It's, you know, maybe someone's foot not getting planted correctly in the ground or if it's turf or whatever it is, or being rolled up on. That's not anything you can prevent through training. It's not anything that you can, you know, I mean, especially those those non-contact injuries. I, those are just, I mean, devastating to a player to the team. So there is some luck involved in getting to the Super Bowl at at all.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I did ask for some questions on threads or some <laughs> some topics. Uh, <laughs> Maximilian eighty. Uh, The team seems locked and focused. Can you remember a team that is focused and delivering on game day like this team? I I think I just kind of answered that. Like, no, I don't. I mean, they're, they just seem very, just very much locked down and and just ready for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Bosa said that Fred Warner comes to work every day, the exact same way. Like there's no, there's no roller coaster. There's no oh he had a good game. He's he's bouncing around. Oh he had a bad day. He's you know he's hang hang dog look and shoulder something. No, it's like the same thing every day. Um, here's a question. Through five, and this comes from Barry Schiller. Uh, through five weeks, who's the top over over performer on the team? Not necessarily the best player. But just who's someone that is exceeding expectations? I think it's obvious. And I think it's also one of the best performers on the team. I think it's Brock Purdy because w- during the offseason, we did not know. I mean, I remember our conversations at the beginning of training, camp, or not beginning of training camp, beginning of the offseason. And you and I both predicted who would be the first starting quarterback week one. And the only reason I didn't say Brock Purdy was because I didn't know. I didn't think that he'd be ready to play week one until he had the surgery. And then you start getting the reports. You you said, Oh yeah, it's going to be Brock Purdy. I mean, there was no question he was going to be the starter when he was ready, but that elbow, I mean, he's thrown the ball better than he ever has. He shows no signs whatsoever of having any kind of um, off season program where he wasn't getting work in. And the fact that he's playing is, I mean, everybody, I think around Brock Purdy from last year expected him to play well. I don't think anybody expected him to be the leading candidate for league MVP. So my, I'm saying Brock Purdy.
2: I think that's a good one. Um, The only reason, and I didn't think he would be playing MVP level, but because when we were in Arizona and we talked to his high school coach and we talked to his high school teammate and we've talked to his parents. The fact about him being completely obsessed with the preparation made me think, okay, he's gonna be dialed because he has the entire offseason while he's resting his arm to focus on everything he can that you know that he could do without throwing. Yeah. And he's just his his level of a Preparation through everything, and we, you know, he didn't have that many reps. But you know what he did last year, while he was not being able to take reps on the field, he was doing it on air. So he took that time, and that's why he, when he went in, when he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo being injured, the offense didn't skip a beat. So when you yeah. look, no, it at- got it got better. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that. Yeah. I didn't think there was going to be a skip in his production coming back unless there was a setback with his elbow.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, and this is, this is nitpicking again, but who would be the person underperforming the person that you thought would do more hmm. through. And, and I'm, I'm going to throw this one out. I mean, it didn't start off this way, but uh, you know, Drake Jackson had three sacks mm-hmm. week one and really hasn't, I don't know that he's had a quarterback hit since then and i think you know part of the reason they went out and got randy gregory was because they really haven't seen much although i mean i guess if you're gonna not really give up much either in compensation as far as draft picks and not be paying a guy much at all any team's going to get randy gregory under those Mm -hmm. circumstances but i would say that I, i would think that they would want more consistent juice from drake jackson
2: Yeah, I I think you're right there. Uh, Also, Elijah Mitchell, but not because of any, you know, they expected him to be Christian McCaffrey's backup, and he's been, you know, unfortunately dealing with injuries. Also, my uh, choice for overperformer because of what we saw during training camp, Jake Moody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right? I mean, like, through training camp and preseason, we're like, oh, I don't know that this was a good choice. And he's come out in games (laughs) and been –
1: well, training camp was good. The practices were good. It was the, the games, preseason. The games were a right. little bit iffy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you been to Cleveland before?
2: Uh, not for football. So this is my first time in Brown Stadium. Uh, I've been there, but it was when I was, you know, a child. So I've been to Cleveland, flown through Cleveland, but I have not actually been there for any particular amount of time. So if anyone has any food recommendations, please send them to us.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cleveland's uh, Cleveland's not a bad town. Yeah, Um, yeah, I've been there several times. Last time I was there was, what year would that have been? 2014? No, 20. What year?
2: 14.
1: 14, okay. Mm -hmm. So it was 2014. And Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Browns. And Mm -hmm. Johnny Manziel had his best game of his NFL career and beat the 49ers. Of course, I think in those days, everybody beat the 49ers. Um, Okay, well, Jennifer, I will see you. In the land on Saturday, uh, uh-huh. we'll we'll grab dinner. We've got a little Ohio
2: nod here. I've got oh. my Toledo Mud Hens t shirt on from the last time we were in Ohio when that's they right. spent a spent some time there.
1: um They went no, well that was when we were oh, no. driving through. That's
2: right, we were driving through.
1: We were driving through to West Virginia mm-hmm. from Detroit, right? Uh, yes, right? so that was week one of the uh, my years are twenty twenty one season.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, When we come back after this word from our sponsor, ask Papa.
2: Ophthalmologist, Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: Legendary reliability and performance. Rugged enough to take on the wildest of trails. Explore it all in a new Toyota truck. Right now, get low 3.99% APR on the unmatched Tacoma. Or lease a Tacoma Double Cab 4x4 for as low as $3.99 a month. Grab the keys, let's go. Toyota. Let's go
2: places. Now through October 29th at Big O Tires, get a $70 rebate on all passenger or Light truck Michelin tires. Plus, get an additional $70 rebate on installation of select sets of four Michelin tires. See this week's offer and more at BigOtires.com. All
1: right, we're back on 49ers Talk, and this is the weekly segment of Ask Papa. And not a coincidence, but look, it's Greg Papa. And I'm weekly you are weekly
0: w-e-a-k-l-e-y
1: okay so um your voice do you was it weekly after (laughs) sunday night after calling what uh six Six touchdowns
0: for a while there was three three touchdowns three field goals for three straight games yeah and then it was five touchdowns and then it was six and honestly it could have been more they called off the dogs after JP Mason's touchdown in a minute and one second into the fourth quarter, all of a sudden it turned into August football. Who would have thought it? They could have laid 50. Carball was coaching yeah. this team. He would have scored the seven touchdown and gone for two <laughs> laid the 50 burger. What's your deal? Uh, but Kyle's, you know, classy and kind of backed off, but I, you I, I going into the game, I think they're going to win every game. Yeah. Even the game at Philly later in the year, I'll think that, but did you ever think that they'd they beat them 42 to 10 and have the biggest margin of victory ever for a 49er team over a Cowboy team?
1: I didn't, but I did tell you last week. I thought the 49ers had had some separation. That they, did. Did. I, I felt like the 49ers are better than they were last year, and yeah. I don't think the Cowboys are as good as they were last year. So I thought that there was. Why some do you separation. say that? Because
0: they added Stephon Gilmore, they added Brandon Cooks in the offseason. Dak worked on his footwork, and they had won. They were 3 and 1 coming into the game. The three wins by a combined score of 108 to 13 or something. Well, you think you think the Cowboys are has have regrets from last year? Yeah, I don't think they're as good. I don't know. That Um, would be regret. I I, I would say yeah.
1: I I, I would say that I think the injury uh, to uh, Trevon Diggs certainly hurts them. That's a big one. Um, Yeah, and I think that also kind of the lost Alton
0: Schultz, the tight end. Yeah, yeah. Went to Houston anyway. The Niners are better.
1: I, the For a lot seven. of reasons. Okay, so let reason. me ask you this now. So the 49ers are five and zero. Yeah. They've been so darn consistent with their best game coming Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. I know this really isn't a thing, but I'm going to ask you anyway.
0: Are they peaking too soon? Let's hope not. Um You worry about that. They're playing so well. I think they're just that good, and I think uh, you always worry about that. I mean, you know, teams got off to, I remember Arizona a couple of years ago got off Mm -hmm. to a great start and then they faded, wound up losing a playoff game. Yeah, weren't they like either six and 0 or 8 and 0 or something like that? Yeah, I think they were like maybe even like 11 and 1 or 9 and 1 or Uh something. But they, you know, they had a little bit of, I'm going to say gimmicky offense, but it was different and they crashed and burned. So you worry about that. Um, But I'd rather have them be, okay, so the alternative would be the 2019 team got off to an 8 and 0 start. Yeah. And then, yeah, the two home playoff games ran all over Minnesota, Green Bay, all the way to the Super Bowl. That's the way you want to go, as opposed to the 2021 team. It's three and five, has to scratch and claw at the end and win almost every game to get in, go down to the last game, overtime in the last game against the Rams to get in. And then last year's team got off to a three and four start, won 10 in a row to get in. But you were the two seed. You weren't the one seed. Philly got the one seed. They won 14 games. And that game in the championship game was in South Philly and not the South Bay. So you're going to add them all up and you want to have more than them. You want to you get the bye week. I think the biggest advantage, and you love St. Mary's, uh, the WCC tournament, the way they lay out their schedule. That's the biggest – their tournament schedule. Yeah. That's the biggest advantage in American sport. I love it. You go right to talk, the championship round. We're talking WCC well, Think basketball. about that. Look, no,
1: it's the way it's, it should be, especially in a league okay, like let's, that. Let's just go
0: right to St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and Vegas. <laughs> Absolutely. But the NFL, it used to be double by. Now it's one team gets a bye. They're the one seed. The second seed, like the Niners were last year, you got to play an extra week. So, uh, I know what you're saying, but what's the alternative yeah, to kick games and fall behind I, Philly? I, you want to have the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah,
1: I think it's kind of, and I think some 40-hour fans kind of feel this way. It's almost like things are going so well. The team looks so dominant. Like, people have to worry about something. Yeah. What? What? what well, injury?
0: Injury. Yeah. And that could happen anytime. And I, I hate to say, where's Wood? Yep. Peter I mean, be. I mean, you know, Sam Darnold's a good backup, but that would be. That would be a problem it's yeah, about it, that yeah. happened to big brain Brock. And I don't even want to put it out there because you're speaking into existence. He's going to be fine. He's smart. He'll get down, but you know, they've had a history. I mean, let, let's face it. In 21, if Jimmy doesn't get hurt in Nashville, Janico Autry yeah. throws him down and he hurts his thumb. And then in Dallas, yeah. the new 49er, Randy Gregory throws him down. He wants to break his fall for the hand it hits his shoulder. Now he's got a bad shoulder. They do win that game. They beat Green Bay. But, you know, Jimmy wasn't right for the Ram game. What did that cost you? So, um, you know, he still played, but they weren't good. And then last year, they go from Trey to Jimmy to Brock. And then what happened in the championship game? Mm So um, if you lost your nerve center, you know, that brain of that quarterback, and, and Sam's capable, but um, Brock is just playing so well right now. I think yeah. he's a lot of people shortlist for MVP. So I don't even want to, you know, go where it's just enjoy it yeah. Yeah, while yeah. it is. They're playing great football. They're so fun to watch. They're so well coached. And that it's last game. They were so the offense is six touchdowns. Now they really can do whatever they want. They're so balanced, man. They can run it and they can pass it. And the the defense, it's so hard. And I know Dan Quinn went in can let Let's take McCaffrey away. And they pummeled him, Uh They in and out of them on every choice route. And they just, you know, but that that mesh point handoff, whether they give it to McCaffrey or pull it out and run the boot, it's such a conflict for the defense, that whole. And they're completely balanced on offense. And then the defense is so good and getting better, I think. And then we cannot stop and just sleep on special teams. And we talked about Jake Moody and we worried about him. Now he's making extra points and not field goals. But how good is Mitch Wisnowski been? I I want to see a stat not just inside the 20, inside the 10. How many have been inside the five? They're downing him at the five and the two and the one. I mean, all three phases of football right now, and they do play complementary football because the way Kyle calls the game with the run game, they control the clock. You're on the field getting 40 runs a game and, and 40 minutes of time of possession. The defense is fresh. I mean, right now, the nickelback may be a little bit of an issue. Beyond that, this team, you tell me, and I asked you this last year, I've asked you this periodically. What's their weakness? What's the weakness of this football team?
1: The, the weakness of the football team is in names only. Like people would look at the 49ers roster and go, nickelback. They don't have
0: enough stars for you. Well, no, I'm saying they got the more well, stars than anybody. I, I know, I know that. But I'm just yeah. saying,
1: like, if people say what's their weakness, people look at their depth chart and go, Oh, it's got to be Colton McKibb, It's a right He's tackle. Pretty i pretty well, I have, isn't he? exactly. Yeah. Or it's got to be the Nickelback. It was like, no, those guys are playing pretty well too. Nah. That's the thing about you know the uh, the Nickelback situation. Jennifer and I talked about this earlier. Is that the Nickelback situation? I don't know too many nickelbacks around the league, but it's not been bad. It's it, it, when you look at what this team has done, just as far as past defense. Well, City Lamb didn't
0: hurt him in this game. Nobody hurt. So the one hurt play, play to Cavante Turpin when they ran the corner route and they motioned against isaiah oliver
1: yeah but well, i mean that, that's
0: a house call I mean, could,
1: everybody everybody makes right mistakes right? okay going what, back what, to uh, mitch Wischnowski. by yeah, the way i was waiting for the stat. okay it so on it's Twitter here. uh 67 percent of his punts have been inside the 20 uh 46.7 of those punts have been inside the 10 and then 20 percent
0: inside the five, the five. That is crazy. Does he have a touchback? Uh, I, I mean, he, and then the gunner, they they pick a guy up off the street, Sheffield. He's down on the ball in on the one yard line. I'm like, who is this oh guy? Gosh, they... And then Roddy Bell, right. Roddy Bell was not, he, he didn't play special teams. He was not a gunner. He ran back kicks, but he was not a gunner. He said he, he thought he was going to get in one game and they didn't. And he practiced for hardball. How good of a gunner is that guy? Yeah, that? Very good.
1: Okay. Let me go back to what you asked me. Right. So what is their weakness?
0: They don't have one. They don't have one. They don't have one. The Nickelback is where teams are going to attack.
1: Yeah, but teams but, attack everybody's Nickelback. Well, I mean, how many good, how many great Nickelbacks are there in the league? I mean, I do I like to ban Nickelback, by the way, going back. Do you really? Yeah. No. That used to, <laughs> People used to ridicule
0: people know, who they, like Nickelback. I know, I just said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, but they, I mean, they have uh, attacked it here and there, or they attack Ambry when he came in against Arizona yeah. with the Stanford rookie, Michael Wilson. Um, and you know that Cavante Turpin play was it? They they set that up. They had motion and they went at him. This game against Cleveland, Amari Cooper is a tremendous wide receiver, great route runner. He occasionally lines up in the nick in the slot. I remember the playoff game in Arlington when he was a Cowboy, not this past year, but two years ago. Kwan Williams, who's a terrific nickelback, Amari ran right at him and ran a corner route for a touchdown, yeah. beat him. And then this team now has got Elijah Moore. Remember, they made the trade yeah. with the Jets to get him. He predominantly is their slot wide receiver. So, okay, that's one spot. Here's, here's the another, rest of it. Here's he... another spot. Okay.
1: The edge rusher opposite Bosa. Randy Gregory. I just met him in the locker room. How does he look? Oh, fantastic. Law, oh, my lean, gosh. And he, he, might, be, he might be coming for your job. He is very. He's a broadcaster? Good. Yeah. See, he's... that's
0: the thing. He could do my job. I can't do it. Oh, no, yeah. you don't. That would no. not work. Although, no. my name is Gregory. Oh, it, it, would okay. it would not work. Uh, it would not work. But no, he. I got to get his jersey, by the way. Number Gregory. five. Gregory. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, he's number five, by the way. Uh, Ray Lance was number Ray five. Lance is number five.
0: Jeff okay. Garcia was number five. Yes.
1: Okay. So all right. we're all over the place. So I do think, like, you remember him well. Yeah. You studied Dallas. At, you know, yeah, Dallas. And that game was it two years ago where yeah, the he game threw Jimmy down.
0: Dorrance Armstrong hit Jimmy, but it was Randy Gregory that threw him down. And Jimmy already had the thumb. Yeah. So when he hit the ground, he didn't want to jam the right. thumb. He so he like, down. I think he put like, it, put his elbow down. It, yeah, you're right. It was his elbow. And then it shocked up yeah. in the shoulder.
1: So that could be, and I don't think, you know, I, I would say that Randy Gregory's career to this point has been more about potential than production, but uh, he's missed more games than he's played. Yeah. But if they just say, Chris Kosarek says, Hey, put your hand on the ground. totally,
0: totally. Go get he's him. He's a it's wide attacking. Line. It's go, 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 which he did in he, Dallas. And I, so think, he's, he's half a body to me. He's perfect for this system. He's a menahue uh, even longer than Ebucom. he's drake jackson how long are his arms did that strike you right away how long he is he's to me he's long he's lean well he's you, an edge guy you've been in the four years locker room right i have but i haven't been there since yeah, my so name he's, he, he's down at the far
1: end where Bosa's locker is oh yeah and when i walked through the door he was on the other side of the room and he re- reached out to shake my hand so that's how long that <laughs> <Wow.
0: laughs> that yeah. there Get you your waitresses yeah, yeah. uh so he's
1: that long yeah <laughs> Oh, wow! So No, but he's, that's the guy, because, you know, Drake Jackson had good week one, but he the pressure hasn't been there from any other edge rusher but,
0: other than Bosa. But and how so much Gregory, pressure are they getting from the middle and well, Javon Hargrave? I, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Quarterbacks can't step up in the pocket. I'm not they, saying. Okay, let me ask you this. So prevented them from winning. So, I'm just saying where can so they improve? So when, when Bosa arrived. Yep. 2019. And it was that, I called him the gold rush. You know, going back, the cheerleaders—that's that's the cheerleaders. Yeah, but I, to me, oh, no, I, it was Cedric Hardman was, and Tommy Hart and Those guys. Can I guys say were, one thing? Yeah, uh,
1: Christy, the uh, the coach of the Gold Rush, she doesn't like what I call it. Oh no, she she told me uh, oh. that she has her group of cheerleaders, the Gold Rush, listen to 49ers Talk podcast. To, she does. Yeah, to get them. Well,
0: don't don't take offense, and I love what you do, but I but I so where I came up with that nickname, and I that that was the nickname of that yeah. pass rush group. With Cedric Hardman in the early 70s and Tommy Hart in that group. Yeah. So Jim, my, Jimmy Jimmy Webb. Jimmy
1: and one more. Uh Cleveland Elam.
0: Wow, you are good. So here's when I first the Wednesday practice of that first year, we were playing in Tampa, right? Yeah. Season opener. Bosa's first game. Bosa had an injury that year. D Ford had an injury that year. I hadn't watched them, they hadn't been down the field. That first Wednesday practice, they line up. And it's Bosa at one end, D Ford with his immense speed at the other, and the two. Oregon tall furs, as I call them, Eric mm-hmm. Armstead and DeForest Buckner. And I'm like, whoa, this pass rush is incredible. And it was also your base. It wasn't your sub package. Like right. I call it the gold rush because Sarah calls it the, the turbo package, which Drake Jackson's in when you you know bring out Cleve Furl, go to your pass rush group, right? Um, this group. So the question is, will Gregory be in the alpha, the base group? And take Cleve Furrell's job. Maybe, maybe I, not I, right I away.
1: I don't think so ever.
0: I think oh, he was
1: with Dallas. He, he no, played a lot. But I don't think there's any reason. He's a pretty for good run them. player. I don't really. I, I would say that there's no reason to mess with their base defense. Not right away. And let's see what he I, is. I think Randy Gregory's here for one reason, and that's go get the quarterback. Okay, so then
0: he would be in the he'd be in the turbo. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay. So that okay, let me compare that group now. Yeah. The the my original gold rush, which was D Ford. Nick Bosa, young Nick Bosa, rookie, good player, not the guy that he is now. Right. Uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, people love – DeForest Buckner was a really good player. Javon Hargrave is better. He's better collapsing the pocket. He's Ooh. clearly better against the oh, run. Boy. I mean, D. Buckner was t- – twice tall. Yeah. They would get a duo block, a double team, and they'd root him out of there. Javon Hargrave splits double teams. In I, my opinion, and I think most football people would say in the metrics, Hargrave's better. But anyway, let's just okay. compare – Randy Gregory, yeah, was kind of a D four different. D yeah. was so fast. Yeah, I mean, I, it looked like he was offsides every play, and sense. he was offsides in like every other play. <laughs> like his last last game in Kansas City <laughs> cost him the Super Bowl that year. New England won anyway. So you got Randy Gregory, an older, more powerful, more polished Nick Bosa, yeah, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, 2023 yeah. Gold Rush Alpha Turbo. Bravo, whatever they want to call him. That D-line, is that better, worse, same as 2019, Matt? Well, now it's the I, I, Ask Matt segment. Uh, of our it's it's
1: close. I think a healthy D-Ford. D-Ford wasn't
0: healthy all that yeah, year. He got there, hurt. There you go. He got I mean, hurt. But,
1: but he was out there on the field. He was productive for him. But he just, missed some games. The problem yeah. was he wasn't out he was there the so much. Okay, so, yeah. so yeah, I guess the point is. Like you're
0: saying that's the weakness would be that other. Do you feel that way now that you got Gregory? I don't know. i have to see him play. Right, but but course, I would
1: course. but I would say right. um, I think it definitely helps. It definitely helps because I, I do think that that would probably have been – I mean, and and folks, we're nitpicking here. we Try to find a, a weakness with the 49ers. As I said this week, the biggest weakness the 49ers have is that they still have to play 12 more games before the playoffs begin. That's the biggest weakness.
0: And uh, December the 3rd in Philly.
1: Yeah. Is it coming down to that? Well, that'll
0: be, uh... Is it coming down to that game? For the the number number one one seed while we're playing this whole thing. This is seeding.
1: Well, the other part of this is I thought that the Eagles would lose some games in the division. I got Miami Because I thought the Cowboys would be better. I thought the uh, Giants would be better. Now, I think the 49ers, two teams behind them are better than, well, I don't know, better than the Cowboys. But they're both
0: teams, the Seahawks
1: and Rams are better than the Giants. So when
0: we're in Minnesota. Yep. And uh, we're out at Prince's Place, Glam Slam. Uh-huh. We're, we're drinking a few beers from Lake Minnetonka. Paisley Road. Paisley Road. I've never been Paisley, there. We Paisley go there. Paisley Place? Paisley Place, yeah. yeah. Abbey Road. Yes. Paisley Place. Yeah, anyway, so when we're in Minnesota for the Monday night game, you know what the Sunday night game is that that week? Dolphins, think... Eagles. Ooh. All right. Is that the one? Where am I going to meet you? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna watch that one. We'll figure it out. Okay to figure it out folks this has been st paul ask have you left
1: a rating and a review have you told people to listen to 49ers talk Um, i
0: don't listen to it myself so i don't you should
1: watch i think it's the
0: now this is the worst version of your podcast when you and jennifer lee chan is out oh my gosh way better way better yeah we go off tracks here yes we do go off track okay
1: well we're back on track only to say thank you for listening to 49ers talk uh, join us after the game on Sunday night, 49ers and the Browns. Uh, we'll have another exciting 49ers talk podcast. Then, of course, next week, we'll do this Love whole Cleveland, thing. By the way, we'll do the fun. whole Ask Papa thing all over
0: here. Cleveland rocks. Look
2: around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too.